But seriously, have you ever noticed that bit from Goodfellas where Ray Liotta is laughing really like over the top that everyone always uses as a gif, mostly really annoying people who don't realise that that's a terrifying gif. Isn't it weird that he's laughing just straight up like Herman Munster? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, there's no joy in his eyes, but it's that same kind of... Oh, 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 laugh that Herman Munster The really strange do. thing is that's just Ray Liotta's actual laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's not acting in Goodfellas. It's just him. That's- that's why Scorsese mostly shoots him, like, never shoots him below the waist, because you'd see him doing the Herman Munster waddle <laughs> when he's walking. Full on, full on full, just doing the full on Crichton, just like hobbling yeah. around with his head wobbling. That's how he moves. That's how he moves. Every time he steps on the ground, it just completes the next bit of the theme. So he did bum, 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 Yeah, so they have to redub every seed he's in, and it just gets very expensive very quickly. That's why no one hires him anymore. And that's why Hollywood doesn't hire Ray Liotta anymore. There it is, everyone. That's the entire content of a Snapchat recommended thread. There it is. There it is. Welcome back to the big damn cast. Unless this is your first time, in which case, turn back now. There's nothing for you here. Unless what you're after is too ridiculously, I mean, some would say insultingly attractive northern hunks. Mm talking about popular culture mm. something which no one else on the internet is brave enough to do uh, <laughs> my name is chris mm, i would johnson and my name is oh you wouldn't catch me writing for digital spy watson <laughs> and like that thing you swore you were going to get around to next week but never do we are just sort of lingering in the back of your mind. Ling, all times. A gorilla kind of lingers. Mm, kind of lingers. I put the emphasis <coughs> of just in case an algorithm decides this is rude. You know, Fucking like, earlier today, algorithm. Speaking, we'll get back to him. Hey. Um, speaking of speaking of, of algorithms, my 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 lovely wife earlier on this evening posted a video to her Instagram story. It's not a picture, not a YouTube upload, not a live stream. I don't think I've watched just, this yet. Well, you can't see it anymore. What? She posted a stream, a, a, vid- a video post, story post. Oh. Of our, of our three pets just chilling on the couch. It got copyright flagged. Uh, Apparently what? the footage she shot today of our three pets is owned by like a production company thing from the early 2000s. What? The internet's weird. The internet's very weird. The internet is a wasteland that is starting and to yeah, consume itself. And yeah, about 30 seconds ago, I sang a cover of the Munsters theme song, and I bet this won't get flagged for that. So, no, no, it won't. Cause... No, it'll get flagged for sounding like the Fallout Boy song Uma Thurman instead. Uh, oh, God. Um, do you remember that period where they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing anymore? Yeah, they're still in it. That was... Yeah, they are still... <laughs> oh, it just time ended with Folia Day, guys. Life. End it with Folia Do, you were fine. Uh, I don't know, I, I quite like Save Rock and Roll. I think it's got its moments. I, well, it's not as consistently strong as Folia Do, but... True, but it, but it does have Elton John. I mean, Elton John does improve most. I mean, he couldn't manage to save Kingsman 2. His own, 
He could manage to save his own but, uh, performance of Rocket Man during that pandemic stream. Yeah, well, oh gosh! I mean, he's was he's it Rocket Man? On, bless him. What, was it Rocket Man? Was it? it was um, I'm still standing. He was yeah. like, I'm still standing. Elton, you okay? Oh, by the way, this is Big Damn Cast, everyone. Hi. Is it? Um, <laughs> nerdy news, geeky gossip, and probably conversation about the things in the titles and the script. This is the uh, Elton not, John not Hour. The, the Elton Jower. <laughs> Welcome to the Elton Jower. Um, it's nice to see you and hear you, because we've not done it for two weeks, technically, because we pre-recorded the last two episodes. Yes, because you were doing... Off for a job. You were doing Space Age Panto. <laughs> Or Spanto. Panto of the Digital um, Age. Yeah, yeah. The the Snyder Cut of pantomimes. Because mm. um, it, it was long going with extended new sequences that were especially shot for this rebroadcast. The only, yes. difference, is we, we, only difference is we were happier, but well. I wasn't wearing a black version of Buttons costume for no reason. No, no, you weren't wearing a black version of Buttons costume, but they made it black in post. Yeah. There's a gag that I've recommended this to the team because they, they announced they're doing a Christmas show. They're doing Peter Pan, which if they can nail the technology on that, that'll look amazing. But I've already I've already thrown my hat into the ring for a gag. Just said, like, please, for the love of Pete, have a bit where it all malfunctions in one of the scenes to reveal the big green room, but all the actors in the scene are in grey uh, onesies with ping pong balls all over them. Sure. To just go that extra level and pretend that even the costumes are completely CGI'd. Um, if they nail the technology, world. it will look amazing. If they don't, it will look like up in the club. Um, <laughs> so there we now are. I'm of the, now I'm thinking of that DC Loogie video. I'm up in the club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm it's sorry. Important for me to tell. Do you remember when the internet was funny? Um, uh, I know. Well, the internet is now is full of full of trailers, Matt. What are we going to be talking about this week? Give them films. a content page while I sing uh, the countdown music from Top of the Pops. Ba, ba, films ba, 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 and series da, da, that are coming ba, ba, out. Ba, ba, We've got ba, 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 hot new moving images giving us little tastes of season two of Picard, of the the imminent release of Black Widow, of something else which I can't remember because I'm distracted by Christopher's whittering. What's the thumbnail? What's the thumbnail? Why does it look like uh, a rabbit? So, James Gunn's Suicide Squad trailers dropped. Two trailers. Two trailers. But we also got the other big Warner Brothers release in a shared mm. universe. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Space Jam Noon Legacy. We're also going to be catching up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier episodes two and three. Yep. A little bit of a rundown, so spoiler warning for those ahead of time. Uh, Matt's going to tickle our titanic testicles, uh, kissing us on the kaijus, if you will, oh. uh, with a little little sampler of what he thought of uh, Warner Brothers' latest, eh, I suppose we'll put it on streaming, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Age of Fists. Gong. The rematch. <laughs> Age of Gong. It's just Gong. Gong. Kong Skull Cruises <laughs> to Enough. Tokyo. Enough. And the World Center or something. So, yeah. Look, listen. Go. That's what you have to do. It's a podcast. Space Jam. A new legacy. Are we diving in? Freddy Player 2, innit? 
It is. It oh, like, shit. It is. They're literally doing Ready Player One again to the point where they're even using the Iron Giant as a weapon again. The, the Iron Giant gets a hero shot and, and it's just... Mm. So, Space Jam and your legacy. For those of you who are too young in our audience and who are wondering, why were people obsessed with Space Jam? As two 90s kids who lived through the phenomenon, we too can tell you, we have no fucking idea why people love Space Jam. I have Jam. no we don't idea get why it. people like Space Jam. We don't get it. I just... Uh, huh? So Space Jam is a motion picture where Michael Jordan uh, has to team up with the Looney Tunes, who are real, fair enough, um, to fight off uh, an alien mobster played by Danny DeVito, who's 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 also animated, because reasons, um, who's basically going to buy the Earth and turn it into like a car park or scrap or whatever and enslave the Looney Tunes if his team, the Monstars legit the best joke in the film uh win the basketball game against michael jordan and the looney tunes um that's it like it's it's basically it's a comedy sports movie featuring the looney tunes and michael jordan playing against some animated alien monsters and that's the film and it's kind of charming because it's always fun to see a feature film go all in on 2d animation interacting with real people and it was sort of the first big one since who framed Roger Rabbit to do it, like not excusing things like Monkey Bone and that that happened in the meantime, <laughs> Cool World, you know, like there there were films that had done it. But I still never got around to seeing Cool World. Both of those movies I just mentioned are shit. Okay, but but the hand drawn animation is nice and the interaction stuff is kind of cool. But Who Framed Roger Rabbit set the set the you know set the tone that that was the benchmark was set by that film. Like that film is amazing even more amazing is watching the behind the scenes on how they did it because it's nuts the level of like choreography that they had for that film like little things like lamps being moved very gently by string in the corner of shot in ways where you're like why would they go to all the effort to hide that then you watch the film and you go oh my god roger's tail just brushes against it slightly in shot (laughs) oh my god that's phenomenal like they they didn't skimp around it be like oh we'll just draw him in afterwards they were like nope we will plan every single goddamn movement in this film so that it works it's great um then space jam did it and it was cool because like the looney tunes the looney tunes sort of like they're they're household names but they have never been massive really on a scale hitherto undreamt of they've never transcended like the looney tunes their cartoon short and sometimes they try yeah and sometimes you think that's fine because the merry melodies they're fucking great. You, you, you can, they can just be cartoons. Like, they don't have to be movie stars. Yeah. Now, sometimes it works. Like, Bugs popping up and some of the guys popping up in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was great. It was really fun. It was nice to see them. Um, Bugs sharing a scene with Mickey Mouse and, and Donald Duck sharing a scene with Daffy from the Looney Tunes. But, like, you know, it's fine being what they are. Space Jam's fine for what it is. What's more fascinating is why it exists. Because it's a combination of... There was a bunch of like Air Jordan commercials or like Nike commercials. Uh, I think you find it Hair Jordan. Ah! Featuring. Never, um, never make that noise again. I Bugs Bugs Benew and Michael Jadoon uh, playing basketball against a bunch of bullies. Michael Jadoon. And yeah, Michael Jadoon <laughs> platoon upon the Space Doom. And. Um, Ah. Yeah, so, so, so it basically was just a series of commercials. It was like, oh, that's kind of cute. It's Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny playing basketball. This is great. Michael Jordan leaves basketball and goes to baseball. And everyone's like, okay, that's weird. 
for the better explanation of this, look up YouTube's the YouTube channel Belated Media, who he doesn't make videos very often, if at all, anymore. But there was a streak about six, seven years ago where he made like two a month. And one of them was like, <clears throat> he'd get a guest in and they'd go to a theatre and they'd film it in a theatre and they'd talk about a movie they love and why they're weirdly obsessed with it. And one of the episodes, he gets comedy writer Rachel Bloom on. Um, star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and, uh, and you know, just voiced in like Trolls World Tour. and she, She's great. She's bloody brilliant and she's, she's very, very funny. She wrote a Robot Chicken at the time. Mm. And they get her in to talk about her love of Space Jam. Because her love of Space Jam is this morbid curiosity around the production and why it exists. Because abridged version, Michael Jordan's late father owed a lot of money to the mob. And the belief is that the debt carried over after he died. So Michael Jordan needed to make a lot of money very quickly. Ergo, Space Jam. How would how would they show that Space Jam was going to be that, though? Because the trainers had sold well and the commercials had done well enough that Warner Brothers were like, let's turn it into a film, maybe. And he was like, I don't know about this. Oh, oh, my family might be in danger because my father has put us in danger by dying before paying off his debt. Okay, but why does Space Jam A New Legacy <clears throat> exist? Space Jam A New Legacy exists because 90s. Okay. Because 90s. Because people are growing up... Pop culture seems to be stuck in what's known as the 30-year cycle lately. It used to be a fashion thing. Now it's a pop culture thing. Um, where the theory of the 30-year cycle, boys and girls, is that stuff that was popular 30 years ago will be popular in some form 30 years later, no matter what. Because of nostalgia. Think about how many films made in the 80s, late 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 70s through to the late 80s, were about the 50s. Like, your Greases, your Back to the Futures, like there's a shitload of that stuff out there. Wouldn't leave them alone. Wouldn't, wouldn't step it away from it. Cut to the last decade, the one we've just come out of, how much 80s nostalgia filled that decade. Yeah. In particular, not so much the clothes, but definitely the music. I mean, for Christ's sake, there was a number one song about being born in the 80s. It was in there. But how many films revisited it, including the novel and film Ready Player One, which is just <laughs> 80s love letter up the wazoo. Like the film, the film sprinkles a load of 2000s and 2010s references in its visuals, but all the key stuff is still obsessed with the 80s. We're entering the the 2020s now. We're in the 2020s. It's been 30 years since the 90s. Fuck. It's the turn of the 90s now. No, no. The and 90s Space were Jam, bad. Space Jam as a sequel has been touted since the late uh, late 90s. Uh, this version went into production in 2014, was stalled for numerous reasons, and then picked back up again in 2018. So the turnaround's actually been pretty impressive. For, for something that requires this amount of visual effects because they've chickened out a bit. Matt, what form of animation takes a long time but looks gorgeous and is worth it? What was the first What was the first Space Jam full of? Guess how much hand-drawn animation this one appears to have in it. About 10, 15 fucking minutes. Yeah, it's CGI after that point, which is still... A, a, you know, a labour and difficult and involves a lot of artistry, but is quicker to it do. It looks weird, though. So Space Jam and New Legacy's got fuck all to do with Michael Jordan. It's about LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. Looney weird in 3D animation. LeBron James, LeBron James. Please don't do that. Um, 
it's a vine and it must be spoken. No. Um, hey, I'm vetoing hey, it. Ten, ten years from now, there'll be a film about that I'm vine. I'm vetoing the vine. <laughs> vine towing it. There'll be a film about that vine 10, 15 years from now. But LeBron James and his fictional son, like Michael Jordan's fictional kids. Fictional the entire them. family. Except for him, because he's the real LeBron James. He, um... Damn you, he, Johnson. His son gets kidnapped by the, basically, leader of the the internet, which is a character called AI... AIG Rhythm. So, Algorithm. Played by Don Cheadle, who looks like he's having fun, at least. I mean, it's Don Cheadle. Um, he's always having fun, because he wakes up in and the morning like, and goes, fucking hell, I'm Don Cheadle. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> Are you finished? No, I'm done. <laughs> done Cheadle. Um, he's playing a villain who's kidnapped uh, LeBron James's son in exchange for, I can't remember, I, th- I think basically he'll set his son free if LeBron plays against his team in a really cool ba- a basketball match. Yeah, do a basketball so, game. Okay. Fine. LeBron James goes to Looney Tunes World, which apparently is not a place under the earth like it was in the first one now. Now it's a planet. And LeBron James is 2D when he arrives there now, which is not how it worked in the first nope. movie. And But he looks great. The 2D animated stuff in the trailer looks fucking gorgeous. It looks beautiful. It's like, there we are! Hand-drawn animation! Oh, how I've missed ye! Let me count the ways! And then presumably as soon as the second act turns into the third act, they get thrown to this planet where they're going to play basketball pros uh the bad guy team the goon squad look pretty good like the designs of them they look like superheroes drawn in the looney tunes vein um they're all interesting visually like there's one made of water one made of fire one's a spider one's a snake like they all look really creepy it's like all right that's you know one's like a gold robot it's like all right okay sure let's go um I don't, I don't hate how the CGI Looney Tunes look, but I question why they went that route after the Tom and Jerry movie just came out. That though not breaking any records or shattering the planet by any stretch of the imagination, they found a way to three D animate Tom and Jerry and make them look like they were the two D animated cartoons at the same time. And it's visually they look really good in that film. Like they look great. They look like the 2D cartoons. Are you, are you sure you weren't watching the leaked Snyder Cut when you watched Tom and Jerry? No, no, no. I clicked on Zack Snyder's Justice League and watched Tom and Jerry back. Oh, okay. It's the other cool, way cool, around cool. for me. It's the other way around for me. It was right. kind of brilliant, really. Um, but they... Uh, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's it's odd to see... It's like, why... I don't see Bugs a realistic fur. He's not realistic. Like, that's... At least they've... But at least they've gone Sonic slash Detective Pikachu rather than first iteration of Sonic. Like, that... They could have gone yeah. horribly the other way. Um, uh, fucking okay. Uh, that uh, yeah, that's it for the pros. Um, cons. Everything's in it. The fuck, Warner Brothers. The fuck. So Warner Brothers released the first real big studio mashup film, the first really big one ever, in 2014 with the Lego Movie. Yeah. Um, yes, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, again, is the Simpsons did it of this bitch, because, like, there's combined, Uh, like, three animation studios to get all the rights to have those characters appearing together. Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount's back catalogue, like, they all appeared courtesy of agreements and arrangements. They were more a set of cameos as opposed to being central to the plot, like the Lego movie was, though, I would argue. True, 
but that's what I'm saying. Like, whereas the Lego movie was like, no, nah, nah, do you know what? These characters are all going to speak. They're all going to do this, that, and the other. Their world's going to be intrinsic. A, one of our main characters is going to be Batman. Like, we're just we're just doing this. Mm. We're doing it, everybody. Um, and it did well. And thanks to Phil Lord and Chris Miller, it was really entertaining. Uh, Lego Batman movies, a spin-off, does the same thing. We have a whole plot with the Phantom Zone and a bunch of villains, but it works in the world of the Lego movie because we know that that kid... Spoiler alert for the Lego movie. That kid's got a shitload of Lego that him and his dad play with in their basement. So, fair enough. If I was a kid and I had all these villains, I'd absolutely, like, mash them up and have a supervillain team up. Makes sense. Sure. Great. Sure. Sure, it's cute. British robots. There they go. Because lest we forget, Warner Brothers seem to have the film rights to the Daleks. Like, they popped up in Looney Tunes back in action. Um, yes. Which the Terry Nation estate found out about after the fact and went... Uh, excuse me. Uh, so they had the to fuck? pay some money for that. Um, and yeah, like, you know, the British robots in Lego Batman. Lego Movie 2, whatever, fine. But then Disney, Disney went went after that. Disney chased it. They went, oh, oh, we want me make you happen. Me make want this happen too. And they made uh, Ralph, Re- Ralph Breaks the Internet. Stupid title should have been Ralph Wrecks the Internet. But they made Ralph Breaks the Internet. No one talks about that at all. Occasionally, you'll see memes referencing the princess like sleepover scene where they're all just hanging out and you know shooting the shit with each other. But that film's got like stormtroopers, Iron Man, Baymax, like all these properties are there on screen in that film. So they had a they had a stab at it as well. Biggest obvious example we've already mentioned: Ready Player One. Like, was it published twenty fourteen? Around then, I think. Let me double check. And then. The film's twenty a ooh ooh twenty eighteen twenty eighteen yeah because I saw it on like my last day uh, doing a job in Lincoln that Easter so yeah but anyway it's just you know <sighs> Ready Player One is shit but when you're watching the cinema the very first time you do kind of get that vibe of oh that's cool oh Chucky <laughs> all right yeah. Oh, was that Tracer from Overwatch? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. 2011 was Ready Player One was published. Ah, there you go. There we go. So it's, um, I think we're all kind of past the novelty of it now, aren't we? We're past the novelty of see all these things you love together on screen. I mean, I was never really into the novelty of that. Fair. If I'm honest. But this, this is why it's kind of odd to me that Warner are still pushing it. Now, to be fair, films like this take years to develop, and we know this one's been in development forever, and the current production started like work in 2018. So back when they decided they were going to do this, there was, you know, it was a hot thing. Everyone was doing it. But there's just something real fucking weird about seeing uh, the White Walkers, the bold creepy silver paint mouth guys from Fury Road um Pennywise from the It movies yeah and more specifically the fucking droogs from Clockwork Orange in a kids film yeah it's just odd it's weird because all these places are planets there's the Game of Thrones planet and it's like what (laughs) the fuck there's the Hanna-Barbera plant. Fair. Do you know what? If it was just like Animaniacs and Flintstones, like all Warner Brothers, car- if it was Warner Brothers cartoons, I'd have no weirded out reaction to it. I'd be like, sure, why not? Why not? 
fair enough, the screenshots from Entertainment Weekly from like last month where they did an article on it where it's like, oh, there's Pinky in the Brain in the foreground, like sat on someone's shoulders watching the game. That's great. Yeah, Pinky in the Brain, go for it. Fucking give it me in spades. What's that? You've got like blue falcons watching? Great. Cool. Great. But like, Danny DeVito's penguin in his creepy stained onesie is watching the game near Burgess Meredith's penguin. Yeah. And between them is the mask. I'm like, what is happening? Like, Lion-O and Chitara are watching the game. Why is King Kong here? Why is Mr. Freeze, specifically from Batman and Robin, in his dressing gown, watching the game? There's a shot in the trailer where, like, Julie Newmar's Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and Burt Ward's Robin are watching the game. Burt Ward's Robin, between them, is, like, making, like, a yeah gesture, like, flexing downwards. It's like, what is this? I don't get it. But we're talking about it, so I guess they did the job. No, no, you're talking about it. I'm just waiting for you to finish. Having to listen. Yeah. <laughs> so, listeners, if you like Space Jam, if you genuinely like Space Jam, the original movie, my question to you is, why? I want actual answers. Bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Because I'm so curious. I don't get it. Is it because it was like one of the first VHSs that people like guaranteed had in their home? I never had it. Or something. <clears throat> Maybe that's why I never yeah. got it. There you go. Where did you see it? Did you see it in the cinema? I don't think I've ever did, seen or? Space Jam. Oh. Oh, no. We know what this means. It means We're going to have to make you watch Space Jam. No, because you don't know. You're going to have either one of two reactions. You're going to either go, yeah, I mean, it was a film. Or you're going to become creepily obsessed with it and the cycle will begin anew. No, no. I, I don't get creepily obsessed with it. It's Keeks in the room with you. Um, anthropomorphic bunny ladies. Um... Yes, she is. She is. Can you ask Keeks if she's seen Space Jam? Keeks, have you seen Space Jam? Yep. Uh, okay. What are Keeks' thoughts on Space what Jam? What do you think of Space Jam? I watched it once when I was quite young, and it is a fucking ride. Is that a good ride or a it bad ride? It is a fucking Ooh. ride. Okay, all right, okay. It's a fucking <laughs> ride, apparently. Okay, it is. right. I've never done drugs, but it's what I imagine they feel like. Okay. Well, so there you know. Further there you have experiments. It. Further experiments now need be performed. Brendan <laughs> Fraser's in it. No, he isn't. No, he's not. <laughs> that's back. That's Looney Tunes back Looney, in action. Is Looney Tunes back in action. No, I just wanted to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to believe he was in it. No, I do remember no. someone. Uh, Wayne Knight. Michael Jordan with a picture of it. And he was like, "Mate, I just didn't need this in my life. Like, why would you do this to me? I was having a good day." <laughs> Wayne Knight's in it, and Bill Murray makes a cameo in it, and the joke that he's in it is just like, Bill Murray, what are you doing here? And he, he basically says, like, we have the same agent. And I, I believe it. I believe that's why he's in the film. Mm. And I like the fact that, that he's there coaching ba- a basketball for some reason, because reasons. Point is, uh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, the Black Widow trailer. Yeah. <laughs> While you it's describe the Black Widow trailer, fine. aka Final Trailer 2.0, I'm going to open this not at all sponsored uh, Marvel Kinder Egg oh, Surprise. All right, treat. that's a large Kinder Egg surprise. Um, it's a big, it's a big one. Uh, as is the Kinder Egg, and, I, and I'm intrigued to see what the toy is. Apparently, you can scan the front QR code and find out what it is, and that sort of ruins it for me. Yeah, so I'm just going to open it live on live on air. So, Folks. Black Widow trailer is another trailer for the much-delayed 
finally coming out to cinemas and premiere access. Black Widow. It's Black Widow, and she's got a dark yeah. past, and she's re re reconnecting with her family, and also fighting the Taskmaster, and David Harbour's there, and it's Black Widow again, and Florence Pugh, Pugh, it, Pugh and it's just... I feel like I've seen more of this film than I would have ever actually watched it. Is it safe to say that maybe they should have, and I hate I hate to be this like sensationalist, but they should have put like a money shot in this trailer. It's not even they that. They just they should have like, put something in it to make you go, oh shit, yeah, it's finally coming out. And wait, what? To because it's it did kind of just feel like it felt like this was just the alternate final trailer. Well, no, because I've, I've got a feel that I've got a feeling that there isn't anything like that in the film. I mean, and it's just as far the as reason it's been. Set pieces go. There's there's one a bit like yeah that, no, but there's no falling out of the plane. But there's but... no like big money shot reveal teases mm, in the film yeah. to put in the trailer because it should have come out over a, a year over ago, a year ago yeah. and they've they've, they've spaffed all that already. And they again, haven't got anything out, left out the, to show hands without just showing you the film. So I'm just like, yeah. why why did we need another trailer? Really. If anything, just put the final trailer from last year back into circulation yeah. and make a point with of it. The... Like, or, or do it as a teaser and just say, like, you know, the wait is nearly over. And Is it because we've... Is it because we've... I know it sounds stupid. Are we less excited because... Because I'm still excited to see the film. Uh, yeah, I but think the film's going to be are we, fine. I just... Are we less excited because we've been given some Marvel in the meantime that has actually been kind of, like, no, Different. it's not even that. I just don't. I just think I. I. I think see, I've seen so much of the film at this point through mm. the marketing and trailers that I'm just. I'm finding it hard to get excited about. I just want to watch the damn thing. Hmm. Counterpoint. Florence pew pew pew. Florence pew pew pew. Yeah, we like Florence pew pew pew. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making a comment on the act of Florence pew. I'm just. You know. Florence pew pew pew. Florence pew pew pew. Um. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be said. Ha 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 ha. Guns go burn. If there's one thing I've not done, um, it's, it's talk enough. And I think I need to... What, you've not talked enough. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is very little to say about the Black Widow trailer, but there is much to say about the two trailers for the Suicide Squad. Huh. Three if you want way. to be pedantic, dear listener, but we ain't talking about the Green Band trailer for the film. No, no, with the Red Band and the Green Band. There's, two, there's a Red Band and the Green Band. No, there's three. What? Because there's, there's the red band and the green band of trailer. Yeah. And then there's the rebellion trailer, the theatrical trailer. Um. Now that I haven't seen. The one that opens. So have you seen two different trailers? Yeah. Uh, different footage in each one? Yeah. So you might have seen the rebellion one. The rebellion one's the one that opens with Peter Capaldi voiceover. Yeah, yeah, that's the green band trailer. No, that's the rebellion trailer. The Green Band trailer is a minute-long version of the Red Band trailer with the swear words and some violent scenes cut out. Oh, I've the, not the seen Rebellion, that then. The Rebellion trailer is a Green Band trailer because it's a theatrical right, trailer. Right, okay. It's one they put exclusively in theatres, but then they kind of realised, yeah, not everyone's going to them just yet. Fuck it. Put it no on one's on. going to them yet, but yes. Um, <laughs> Except in America. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. The suicide. It looks fun. It's got a tone. It's got mm -hmm. a definite James Good tone. Um, the the characters that the trailers showcase look interesting. 
Um, Starro. I guess we're doing Starro. We got a fucking kaiju. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Okay. Um, Starro, the motherfucking conqueror, is in a DC film. Sure. The Justice League's first opponent is in a is in a DC movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I, mm. yeah. The the, the mm. what characters we have seen look like John Cena's Peacemaker looks really fun. I can totally understand why they've given him a spin-off series. Mm-hmm. Um, the rat, the the rat catcher looks interesting. Yes, um, I like I like that because it looks. I think she's gonna be. I think she's gonna be not maybe not if not a central character, definitely our kind of our. I, I don't think she's gonna get killed off in it. the first two acts. Let's put it that way. At least um, not in the first two, because let let us remind y'all that the trailer only showcases really about six of the team. Properly, yeah, so in terms you got, of like giving the moment. It's the biggest stars essentially: Bloodsport, Harley Quinn, um, Ratcatcher, Peacemaker, uh, a little bit of um, King Shark, <laughs> uh, a little bit of 3D Man, and a little bit of King, and quite a bit of King Shark. Not 3D Man, uh, Polka Dot Man. I'm thinking it can get me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, King Shark, <laughs> voiced by Sylvester Stallone. The reveal. That he's the voice with Steve with Steve Adji, his physical performer, also playing one of Amanda Waller's tech crew. Yeah, the guy with the beard that you see throughout the trailer. So at least he gets um, some on on screen FaceTime, which is good. Um, we get to see. Um, was it Rooker who's uh, Savant? Yes, bit of Rooker. Uh, Pete Davidson is. I'm he's playing now. Uh, creepy and sweaty. Probably, um, he's been. As someone who does dip into SNL lately, he's clearly been feeling a lot better because they've been putting him in it a lot and he's being really fucking funny. And it's like, oh, so this is what happens when he's like at 100% capacity now. Like he's firing on all cylinders. He's not as reliant on stuff. He's not going through paparazzi nightmares anymore. He's just like, hmm. So because of that, I'm now more excited about seeing him in this. Because I'm like, okay, let's see what you got. Blackguard he's playing. Blackguard. Sure. Just remember the character's sure, name. Sure, why not? Um, Obscure-ass DC characters, which is the point of this. So many obscure-ass DC uh, characters. Because we see, we get a, mo- a moment with Capaldi, who's the thinker. Yeah. Um, who narrates the Rebellion trailer. Yes. Um, we got some... Mocking the very concept of supervillains. Um, uh, we... And it sounds like he's going Scottish as well. He's just playing it Scottish. Yes, because why would you get Peter Capaldi and then make him not Scottish? That's very true. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, yeah, David Smolchin's polka dot man gets a couple of really neat moments in both trailers. <laughs> very odd. We sort very of get un- a glimpse. Of, we sort of get a glimpse at him, at him living a fucking like criminal high life as well. Briefly, mm. it seems like he's having a sexy dance party with a bunch of people. Why not? And there's it's like disco lights coming out of polka dots scattered around the ceiling, and you're like, okay. So James Gunn's been answering a lot of questions on Twitter this week in relation to the yes. film. And a few tidbits we've picked up over the week are that um, <laughs> we've we've still not seen everything that they'd like to show us ahead of the film coming out, which implies there's going to be at least one more trailer. Well, it's not it's not out for a good while yet, is it? Uh, four and a bit months. It's not far away. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. August. August is is the release for um, HBO Max. Okay. Cool. So, cool. So. Uh, because because the trailer barely focuses on like um, Captain Boomerang. 
Uh, although he does get a nice sort of hero reveal shot. There's a moment where you go like, oh shit, yeah! And then the next thing you see is him scraping dog shit off the side of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's brilliant. Um, uh, like, you know, um, uh, 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 Javelin, uh, Mongal. Like, there are some characters that don't really get the focus. Weasel. Um, I don't know, Weasel gets a couple of neat shots. He does get a couple of neat shots. Oh, God. Bloody Sean Gunn. Love Sean Gunn. Um, <laughs> love it. Uh, so so yeah, there's more to show yeah. as of yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't really get any anything of I can't really call. It's called something like D- DBK or something like that. But basically, Nathan Fillion's playing TDK. Arm yeah, arm fall off. The detachable boy. kid. Do you think that's the name they're going I for? I think I think he said that on Twitter. Yeah. I hope so. Cause I I because <laughs> the rebellion trailer shows his powers in action. Yes. Which is gross and off-putting and i'm here for it um but yeah also the trailer uh, reveals quite happily that joel kinnaman is being allowed to be rick flag this time rather than just boring military man with crush on witch yeah like he even looks like the 80s 70s 80s suicide squad version of rick flag like you know the 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 what's it the side part in slick tear bright yellow t-shirt guns out buns out guns out suns out like everything is just this dude looks like a gi joe character now as he's meant to mm. he's meant to look like a gi joe character um don't get to see much of amanda waller but it's viola davis and she was sort of the one real good thing about the first one so yeah i mean she's reliable you put her in anything you know you can have a good time so how many steaks do you think she's gonna eat in this one i've seen that doing the round (laughs) how many Um, steaks will amanda waller eat um uh but also other things we've learnt. um (laughs) king shark they've gone for the gail simone secret six suicide squad era version of king shark so we're going for the you know the 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 dumb monosyllabic, um, rather sort of jolly but still a murderer version uh, of King Jolly Shark. but also gnawing on human heads in the background. Just chewing a skull. The yeah. last shot of him in the main trailer is just him chewing a skull. Um, uh, they said that they went for the hammerhead design. That was what they wanted to do, um, but in just some tests, they couldn't quite get it to look right. Like they the, they couldn't quite figure a way. To shoot the always looking off to the side in a way that wasn't distracting yeah. or odd. Yeah. So they decided to go for the new 52 great white shark look instead yeah. of the, the classic hammerhead look. Which is <clears throat> fair enough. Um, if you want to see the classic hammerhead look, the CW TV shows have done that version and theirs looks pretty great. But now we've got the great white one. If you're a fan of the Harley Quinn TV series, it's not the same kind of King Shark, but still, sharks, <laughs> yay. Yeah, um, not as garrulous a King yeah. Shark. Uh, Elba delivers some pretty fucking killer lines in the trailer. It's just his reaction to, to Polka Dot Man in the briefing scene is just yeah, perfect. It's, it's perfect. It? We're gonna die. Oh, I hope so. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Um, I th- uh, Robbie looks like she's having a fucking joy, uh, an absolute blast playing Harley again, like Margot knows what she's doing. Yeah, we, I rewatched Birds of Prey recently and yeah you see it's it's silly how much better she is in the role when she's sort of the producer yeah and and it's being written she has a bit more control and, and less so and she's not being shoehorned it's being written not by david films. ayer yeah uh, mm. Mm. 
Um, uh, Gunn has also said on Twitter that people will die. Oh yeah, I'm expecting like at least half of these characters to not make it to the halfway point. And I have a suspicion that some of the ones they've downplayed might be the ones to survive. Uh, Javelin's going to go pretty early, I think. Um, maybe. Blackguard, maybe. But, like, <clears throat> my suspicion is, even though some of these villains are genuinely, like, big, you know, big deals in the DC comics. I mean, the Thinker, for example, like, is a pretty big threat in DC comics. And here it appears that there's someone that they're breaking out so that they can use him in their plan. Do we think the Thinker is going to be... Um, unceremoniously taken off the board at a key moment where they need his skill to be used. Maybe. Or do we or do we think that the thinker, a villain who's known for like incredible strategy and mind manipulation, may or may not be teaming up with Starro, the giant alien that takes over people's brains Poss- through slow invasion or complete destruction. Possibly. I mean, the thinker's teaser poster is Capaldi doing a Capaldi with his big old hands. With because they're all they're all surround they're all surrounded on their individual character posters by like a cartoon graphic of something, and his is covered in starro. Mm. So yeah, um, I mean if Capaldi if Capaldi ends up being the big bad, I think I'm I'm up for I'm that. I'm definitely down for that, and it's I'm down a clown with that one. Um, I uh, but yeah yeah I don't think Rooker's going to be in it much. I think he's going to get taken out pretty early. You think that's a red herring? Uh, yeah. Um, but, oh, James Gurney always puts Michael Rooker in his film. I think Nathan Fillion's gonna get taken out like straight away. Yeah. Just fucking yeah. beef it immediately <laughs> in a really embarrassing way because that's what uh, that's what James Gunn likes to do with Nathan Fillion. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I can I concur with your statement on Peacemaker. I can see why they're already planning. Oh, well, while fucking already filming John Cena! Is. Just play. John Cena is one of those uh, actors you could just is. He's so straight-faced, it's hilarious. Like, he's he's, just, he's an in- incredibly gifted comedian. You could just give him anything to say, no matter how ridiculous, and he will do it stony-faced with complete sincerity, and that will be piss funny. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just... It's so good. See, this beach was covered completely in dicks, and I had to eat every one of them for liberty. And it's just like... Oh my god! Why would the beach be covered in penises? Um, uh, and I love the fact that the Peacemaker show they're currently making is a prequel. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't uh, so you can't assume no, that he survives. So he he could absolutely get killed off in this movie, and that would be fine. Yes, because then hey, you liked him? Well, here's a prequel with him in. Um, he did an interview on Stephen Colbert's uh, a late show yesterday, as of this recording. So it's on YouTube, folks, from earlier in the week. Um, and they cut to him, because obviously it's all over Zoom. They cut to him, and it's a Suicide suicide Squad poster. And he <laughs> rips through it, and then takes the laptop and sets it down somewhere else so he can talk to it. Like, he just bursts through the poster, takes it and sits down, and he's in full Peacemaker costume. And reveals during the interview that he's in Peacemaker's apartment, because he's coming to them from the set of the show. He, he was on Colbert to plug being one of the judges on the new series of Wipeout and his two self-help books, but he decided to do it dressed as Peacemaker Sure. because he was on the show and he's like, well, I'll just stay in costume and take. I'll just do the interview on set. Fuck it. Why not? Um, 
it's oh, I, I I adore him, and I can't wait to see what he does with this. And I, I I'm very excited for this movie. I really am. Yes. I'm really really excited for it. Great use of the Steely Dan song "Dirty Work" in the trailer as well. Mm. Um, great music choices. Yeah. I wonder uh, if that's going to almost... continue through yeah. <laughs> the finished product in a way that puts the earlier attempt to shame. Yeah. One can yeah. only one can only speculate at this point. The weirdest thing about Aya's Suicide Squad is I really like the soundtrack album, but I hate the soundtrack in the film. Yeah. The w- in the film it's full of really obvious needle drops and yet the album full of like 90% original tracks you know, music from or inspired by mm. is a really good, like, work of, like, metal stuff, weird trance, hip-hop, like, it's like, this is great! And then there's an old Eminem song and a cover of a Queen song and also Purple Lamborghini, which is bullshit. But, like, <laughs> he- Heathens by 21 Pilots is a better Suicide Squad movie than that film. Like, their song Heathens that came out with the movie is like, oh, yep, this is what I imagine this film would feel like. Yeah. Like, it's this really creepy, eerie, oh, shit, all these people are horrible and I'm probably going to die kind of... It was, oh, it was great! And then you see the film and you're like, nope. Nope. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is weird. Like, the the sort of recut version of, of Suicide Squad that we got in the cinema is clearly trying so hard to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's and, impressive. And then they get, get the Guardians of the Galaxy guy to do the sequel and be like, uh, you would fuck this up. Do you want to come and do it right? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's just hope that this time um, it's not a Joss Whedon situation. Doesn't sound like it is. Sounds like everybody had a really good time. Um, yeah. Um, from, from all accounts, working with James Gunn is a pleasure. So I'm opening this Kinder toy as we talk. Yes. And segue beautifully back to Marvel for our little chinwag about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Two and three. Spoilers ahead. But uh, this is a Marvel character, that, and I'm not seeing the full pieces, but I'm trying to guess who it is based on what pieces I bring out the box. Cyclops. So, are you thinking Cyclops? We've got we've got blue legs with yellow boots and a yellow belt. Cyclops. On the stand. So you're feeling Cyclops. Okay. Uh, got, what's this? Got, uh, I guess that's an extension for the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, ah. Hmm. This appears to be a cape. A, a red cape. Oh, is it something to... Is it some weird version of Doctor Strange then? Oh no! Oh, I've just seen the other half. Uh, the legs are a bit misleading. Oh. The legs traditionally would be black with yellow boots if we're going off of this character's classic look. Okay. Black with yellow. Oh, no, actually, no, I tell a lie. It would be blue legs with a black torso. Um. But the boots normally have a bunch of black detailing on them. So oh, is is Thor? It's the Mahiti Thahoho. Okay. Yeah, I th- I, I brought it out and I was like, "Am I actually going to get an X Men toy in my Kinder Egg?" I hope, I hope so. so. I hope so. Come on, guys, we're past it now, right? We're past all this bullshit. Did Give you get X Men in my Kinders? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what could do with some fucking X-Men. The Avengers, Marvel Avengers game. Square hey, Xbox. I'm Jesus finally going to play it because it's going on PlayStation Plus this month. Yeah, here's, it's got up for... Uh, is, it a, is it a plus title? It's a plus title and it's going on to PlayStation Now. Wow. So if you've got a PlayStation Now subscription, you can play it as well. <clears throat> so, oh, is it, one of those, is it one of those timed PlayStation Plus ones or is it just a flat-out PlayStation Plus title? Oh, the PlayStation Plus title for April. 
and it's going on PlayStation now. Wow, they've given up all hope then. I think they need to get some players into it, so... I played... While I was away, I took it with me, because I was like, right, I'm trapped, and Keeks will tell you, because she was trying to ward me off of it. She was sending me comments saying, what are you doing? Just stop. We were all thinking that. We're getting to the point where we need to stage an intervention for you. Well, the thing is, I hadn't played it since since January was the last time I turned it on, and I thought, you know what, I'll take it, and I'll have a go at taking aim and um, Future Imperfect, the Kate Bishop and Clint Barton expansions yeah and i'm happy to report that like black widow and kamala khan kate bishop and um clint barton are a fucking joy to play as like they're right up my alley in terms of like combat style control layout um i love the more rough and tumble nature of being a human who has to leg it into the fight and like really think while you're in the fight you have to really really be careful because you aren't flying you aren't a god you're not a gamma monster like you've got to be careful with how you conduct yourself that's great that's it everything else is bullshit it's bullshit it's utter bullshit it's absolute bullshit it's bullshit um taskmaster is teased as being in the alternate future and future imperfect you 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 go after him but you don't fight him you just fight Maestro, meaning they're teasing that, oh, when we go back to this future in another storyline, you'll have to fight Taskmaster. And I'll be like, yeah, like we did in the story mode and multiple times on the war table. And I can't believe that this Avengers game still only has now four supervillains that have appeared in it. Total. That's it. Abomination, Taskmaster, Modok, they're all in the main campaign. And now Maestro, who's just Abomination. It's a Hulk skin with a beard. Oh my god! So they've made it free because I guess they need a player base. They're well, it's, to expand it's only base it's so only free people... if you've got a PlayStation Plus or a PlayStation Now subscription. But I guess they're doing it because they want to expand the player base enough that when like the Black Panther stuff comes out later in the year, people will go, "Oh, I kind of that. I kind of enjoyed the it." The Spider-Man yeah, stuff still not out, is it? Nope. Nope. By now, Good. we were meant to have had based on the coding in the game is the source coding of the game we're meant to have had black panther spider-man and potentially captain marvel Mm. so they be slow uh but speaking of marvel look at in there that's pretty cool speaking of marvel things that beautifully and subtly incorporate uh x-men elements falcon the winter soldier yeah Uh, let's catch up on episode two because uh, I was a wabe for that one, uh, we didn't record a thingy on it. Well, let's just let's uh, just do let's just do brief non spoilers on both episodes, and then we'll talk about yeah. spoilers of both. Because we don't we might as well just do them both together. Um, oh yeah, baby! Oh baby cake! So we've got our first encounter with the new Captain America and his new sidekick, John Walker. I loved his introduction. Yeah, I absolutely adored his introduction, setting up the idea of here's a military guy who's obviously been nominated, the government have gone like, right, it's going to be you, weight of the world on his shoulders. And when we first meet him, you kind of feel, you feel worried for him. You're like, shit, this is a big thing that he's taking. Like, he's not, he's not being enhanced. He's just like, it's about being a figurehead for a, for, you know, a a paramilitary group. And, and he, he is being what Steve was sort of forced to be. Yeah. Uh, in the first Captain America, before he rescued Bucky and the and the the commandos and everything, like he's he's basically he all he needs now is to punch out someone dressed as Hitler at that ceremony <laughs> in the stadium, and that's that's basically the role he's serving. Um, 
Although, did you notice <gasps> the way they mixed in um, Cap's themes... Cap's themes from the first two Captain Americas and Star Spangled yeah. Man into the... Oh, that was... That made me feel such a wonderfully ambivalent mix of oh no fuck off no it's very no. good it's very He's smart not Steve what yeah. are you doing um yeah that was uh I like how they set that up and and, and uh I'm trying to remember his, his his friend's first name now but we shall just call him what he fucking is Battlestar Battlestar um, the way that they set up uh them as like no they're they're good. They're good guys. Like they've been put in this position. Someone's had. Someone's had to take it, as far as they're aware. And you know they're gonna do good. And then over the two episodes, it becomes rather apparent that there really is an ego element to this yeah. pride thing. And John Walker may not be the right person to do this. The right person to do this is very clearly Sam, but Sam passed on it, and the government have taken that as an opportunity. Um, uh, I, what a great introduction! The action figures, like signing yeah. the box, and you know that just the coverage, like the way that the government is suddenly behind him, because we've never really seen that. We've never no. seen in any of the films so far, like the idea of the government being like, "Oh, these heroes are great," because they've never been on their side. They've just sort of put up with them. Yeah, it's 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 new. But he's a, he's a company man. Um, yeah. And also, there is no way in hell he's not enhanced. But we'll get to that. Um, well, or at least not enhanced. Uh, there's no way in hell he's not going to be in. He's not going to be not enhanced by the end of the series. Um, oh, do you think it's already happened? Oh, uh, we'll get to it in spoilers. Um, okay. Okay. I. But yeah, so that was that was that was cool. They handled that really well, and Wyatt Russell is fucking great. So and we've everybody got everybody who's harassed him off of social media needs to go get fucked because he's a fictional character. Yeah, like he, del- he deleted his Instagram last week. Very strange. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got uh, Bucky and and uh, Sam finally come together, and with plenty of uh, friction and plenty of friction with the new cap, and then they decide mm. the only way to they sort of they sort of fail to getting on the uh, on the conspiracy yeah the flag discover- smashes uh, on the flag smashes yeah, yeah. they they discover that there's de- there's definitely more super soldier serum floating around out there and people have definitely taken it and uh, decide that their only way to move forward is to bust out zemo so they bust zemo out of prison and go on an adventure with zemo to madripoor fucking madripoor to madripoor oh that um, made me happy uh to you know try and trace the underground and then you know, discover more about this new super soldier serum and also bump into Sharon Carter, who's seen better days. Who's been busy in the blip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clearly her support well, of... has been busy since Civil War. Never mind just the yeah, blip. Yeah, like... her, her support for mm. Cap has kind of got her into a lot of trouble to the point where she can't go back to the States and is sort of eking out um, you, yeah, uh, using her espionage yeah. and um, and cloak and dagger style sort of techniques to eke out a living, selling uh, and dealing in illegal art and mm. actual art deals to the black market and, and rich buyers. Like very disenchanted. Mm. That's a really interesting uh, yeah. take on it. Um, but yeah, that's the basic kind of plots as to where we are. How are we feeling three episodes in? The second episode was f- phenomenal because you, I didn't realize till it began. Oh shit! Yeah, 
Sam and Bucky haven't shared a scene yet. No. And, and when it finally happens in episode two, it's the right time in this story for them to get together. Yeah. Um, the discoveries they make in episode two are compelling. Yep. Um, the fight sequence on the, the trucks on the highway was brilliant in the second episode. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the mountain tension with John Walker and that whole scenario is brilliant. And and the payoff of finally getting to see the uh, the military therapist um, <laughs> confrontation that we, we teased in the trailers was great. That scene was everything I wanted it to be. And it was brilliant. Yeah, they really episode... don't like each other. No. Episode three, some great setups. It's the first one of these, One Division included. It's the first episode where I was like, "That was rushed." It felt like it rushed through. See, I don't know because I, I, but I think that's because I, it just felt like it was enough material for two eps. Do you know what I mean? And I don't it, know. There was more to it, it. It felt quite rounded out to me, and I, I, I was like, "Shit, this is we're getting through lots of stuff here," and it's. Oh wow! It's still only a forty-five minute episode. All right, cool. Um, I, I really liked all the stuff with Zemo, like mm. bringing Zemo into the mix mm. and interaction with him. I really like the Sharon Carter stuff. Um, I, f- I I don't know. I feel like episode three. I don't feel like it was rushed. It was dense. Yeah. But it. it yeah. I, I, I thought there was some really really neat character stuff in there. Some really neat action in there. Very good action in there. Very nicely shot action with Sharon, particularly where they've got. A lot of, um, like some of it's clearly a stunt double, but then there's also quite a few like grappling scenes and stuff where they shoot it in a way to make sure you see um, Emily Van Camp's face. Yeah, doing, oh, there, doing some, some of the bits, which is really neat. Brilliant work in that. Um, um, in 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 that sequence, that was my favorite sequence in episode three. Uh, I do the choreography of it and the shooting of it was like, oh shit! Like it felt yeah. like we were watching. Felt like we were watching like a season opener of Twenty Four or something, you know, like the where it's like the one episode where they spend all the money to make the action sequence look yeah. so fucking solid. It had a bit of the grittier uh, action of some of the Netflix stuff in it. It was, it yes. was a bit more like a Daredevil yeah. fight scene or or a, or a Jessica Jones fight scene. Um, I there is one slight problem I have with the characterization so far, but I'm going to get into it in spoilers. But suffice to say that I'm not completely sold on the villain at the moment i feel you i see what you're getting at um shall we crack in yeah yeah um let's crack into spoilers boys and goilers so spoiler warning spoiler warning rah 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 spoiler warning spoiler warning blah 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 i'm gonna say i think that john walker's already been enhanced because of the way he look at the way he throws the shield and catches it I mean, they do show you in episode two an extensive training montage with him. Yeah, but I don't know. That shield, though. And also, I... I mean, we know it's possible. We've, we know in the trailer footage that Sam's going to be able to do shit like that at some point. Well, I don't know, because you see him, like... He throws it and sticks it in a tree, but it doesn't get it doesn't come back into him and catch it. You know what I mean? True. And um, then again, like, the, Natasha used it in Age of Ultron that's briefly. True. And she did some good work with it. But also, we know that these at least... there's at least 20 doses of the super soldier serum out there this new enhanced serum eight have been used Um, eight eight have definitely been used Mm. it doesn't bulk you up like the original version did that was brilliant let me pull up the name of the character because um that was genius the uh where's his name the chemist who reverse engineers it 
oh, and it's improves not it. On this thing, but oh, Nagel. Yeah, Nagel. Uh, Wilfred Nagel, who was in the comics, um, the guy behind the first take on the Super Soldier Serum, because um, he was a World War Two era character. He was the first or second. No, he's the second person to do it after Erksine, because he's the guy who created it in the comics uh, when it was given to uh, Isaiah Bradley. Yes, who we so also in, get in episode in the, two. That's my favourite fucking inclusion. It's very oh, good. I love it. So for those who don't know, Isaiah Bradley in the comics, there was another Captain America for a while. And uh, like it's a big deal. Because it was an African American guy. No, if I remember in the comic, and in the comics, he's, he's in like one story initially, isn't he? It was like it was like one like arc. Here's the story about this guy and what happened to him. I believe, and then at the end, he and Steve kind of meet and in the modern day and and touch base. But then I say has stuck around and popped up in storylines from time to time well, in the comics. If I remember correctly, he was one of the initial test subjects before Steve got the serum. That they tested it, it because... on a bunch of black soldiers. Yeah. Yes, because Erksine was the one who finally like uh, completed it as the version that they wanted yeah. and stuff, and that was yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right because that was the whole the whole tragedy of it was essentially the first Captain America who they sent behind enemy lines and all this was a black man, and then when they decided that they were going to go and here it is the perfect soldier, they gave it to a blonde haired, blue eyed white guy, which is exactly what they've done here. Yeah, whereas in this version, um, it's it's post-Cap, isn't it, in this one? It's after Cap's died. Yeah. Um, Someone's and, tried to keep going with it. and But again, he still didn't get to be missions. Captain America. He didn't get to be Captain America. He's fought the Winter Soldier. They encountered yeah. each other, like, at least once. Um, and he apparently was good enough in the fight that he ripped Bucky's arm off, yeah. his metal arm. So... It's like, oh shit. So I'll be interested to see how Hydra dealt with that mission after he got back. It's like, fuck, what happened to you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but which it, is also impressive because this series establishes that the Winter Soldier takes no prisoners already. Like with a flashback that his mate's son that he killed. Yeah. And, and stuff. So they've set up the idea that no one survives a sighting of this guy when he was a sleeper agent. Never mind a fight with him. So they, Isaiah is absolutely worthy of the mantle of Captain America. And yet, complications, and like no, no one fighting on his side once the legality was brought in, and he was thrown in prison for thirty years. Yep, and left to rot. And it's and it's an and it's an idea that is immediately <clears throat> capitalized on with police pulling up when Sam and uh, Buck get yep. heated in the street, <clears throat> and yep. and Sam in, immediately being seen as hostile. Yep, um, and they don't know. They don't. They sort of. They don't have the moment where they turn to cat to the camera and go, "It's because we're black men." It it just kind of. It doesn't need it, to. It, let, it, it lets it, it sit with the characters. Saying, yeah, which is, of course, depressing. Yeah, that that's even the case. Yeah. Um, but it's powerful to see, and and, you know, the, the, there's. This is absolutely a series that is going to focus on the African American experience, yeah. black experience in America. I mean, even down to little things. There's a joke earlier in that sequence where they first arrive at the neighborhood, and the kid recognizes Sam and he goes, "Hey, it's Black Falcon." Sam goes, "I'm not Black Falcon." He's like, "Yeah." It's like, "It's just Falcon." Oh, do you think I was called Black Falcon because I'm black? Yeah. What do they call you, Black? kid <laughs> and he's not like high fives the kid's older brother yeah and stuff but it's just like yeah even that is a bit of commentary it's like isn't it weird how many heroes that were yeah 
genuinely progressive and it's brilliant that they exist but you know black panther black lightning like around the 60s 70s when suddenly these writers were going we need more characters that aren't white like we need to expand the roster and be diverse and represent they did it but so many of them had to come with almost that well, unwritten well also they need to be black something also a lot of those characters were being written by white dudes yeah which again like, like, so they they to their credit they were making sure that the scene was changing but it's also like it sucks that that's what it took it sucks that those writers yeah. rooms were full of just white dudes like there yeah. needed to be more voices behind the scenes it's you know what i mean it's that weird one of like yay thank you stan and jack for black panther but it's weird that it took like 20 years before black panther had someone writing for him that was black yeah it's kind of weird yeah and at the same time you know, it's not like, well, black people should only write the black characters and white people should... It's not that. It's more that the staffs were a yeah, it's, it's wanting, for it's, a very long time. Yeah. yeah. It's wanting to make so the staff mind more diverse and, and making sure these characters have someone working on them who has first-hand experience of some of the issues that they will be dealing with, you know? Yeah, especially if the books are about, like, the social, political, racial issues around everything. It... it you know, it stands to reason that there should be voices like that. And yeah, the series absolutely. absolutely has that and has decided to utilise that in its structure. Um, Carly Morgenthau. Uh, I, I've got to say, as, as an idea, as a plot idea, I like that in this universe, in the MCU, the Flag Smasher, or in this case, Carly and the Flag Smashers, um, are, you know, <clears throat> as we discussed the other week, it, it's, it's a... It's sort of a domestic terrorist group. Well, more yeah. or less domestic now because they're traveling the world. But that are like, hey, it's the Robin Hood principle. It's the world was better off. The problem when half of everyone was gone because yeah. there was suddenly more money and more resources. And yes, everyone was fucking miserable. We all mourned people. Of course we did. But we have now si- essentially without them crediting him because they wouldn't know necessarily his motivation. These are people who are thank. These this is who Thanos was talking about. Yeah, like eventually people will wake up and realize I made the right decision, as far as his ethos is concerned. But then again, these these guys are operating on that. They're like, look at the poverty. Look at how everyone's being fucked over by the system now that we've come back. Like, it was better when they were gone. The problem their 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 thing is to topple power structure, isn't it? To take. Well, yeah, because the the problem is, is that even with all the people come back, there is still enough to go around. It's just not being distributed properly. Yeah. And but the problem that I have with it is, you get this these this this dialogue with her and 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 the other dude, his name I, I forget. Um, <clears throat> Long haired, very pretty man. Yes, very yeah. pretty man. Um, <laughs> Uh, where and they and they become across as sympathetic and the, and you you find yourself sort of agreeing with them, uh, and then all of a sudden she bombs a building full of unarmed people, just to remind you that she's evil and it's just like, like yeah that that was odd to me I, I agree with you in episode three when that yeah, happened, it was it's like just, wait it, what you begin to engage with this with this supposed villain and instead of doing something interesting like maybe sort of. Frame, maybe she's in the right. Maybe she has got some ideas. Yeah. Maybe she's just going about it the wrong way. They're like, oh no, she's evil. She just bombed a building full of people. Oh, oh, oh well. So I, I hope they don't go too much further down that road with her because I don't like that at all. I wonder if it's if it's more to do with the power broker who seems to be our big bad and we don't we don't know who they are yet or what have you. But well, no, because we have... she blew up the building. 
<clears throat> she did, but she's under pressure from the threats of whoever this power broker is. Yeah. Two, mm. The idea that someone's on their tail, apparently knows where they are, and is threatening to kill well, them. Well, they've got the rest now, of the super soldier serum, haven't they? Uh, the the power broker. No, no, the the no, no, the flag, uh, smashers. The flag smashers. Yeah, yeah they've got yeah. The, they've the got power the other broker doses. wants it back because as we learn in episode three, what's his face? Uh, Christ, I've already forgotten Nagel. his name. Nagel. Uh, that's the one. Created the revised version of the super soldier serum, nearly perfected it, and then disappeared in the snap. Yeah. And came back five years later to find that the whole project was abandoned because without him, they obviously just went, oh fuck, and they just called it. Yeah. He's come back. He's recently made. Yeah, he came back. The power broker approached him and went, "I'll fund you. Let's go. Pick it up, boy." So he did. Created twenty doses, and they've been nicked by the flag smashers. And then the um, lab gets blown up. And the lab gets blown up. <laughs> um, so someone's trying to cover the tracks, obviously, as well. Yeah. Someone's trying to keep it covered. But I'm wondering whether or not Carly, because there's a, there's a throwaway reference that the power broker has a hand in like that security organization that they, they stole from or, or at least she's doing, she's leaving that message for him when she said, you've got it. Like this is the only language these people. Yeah. Understand. But you, he's just, I got the same. I know you, people. I know what you mean. It was, I know what you mean. Like considering she's yeah. like, she's about innocent lives. It seems kind of odd that she would go, let's kill all those guards. Uh, yeah. Now, even maybe, if they are working for a security force, like they're still people. Maybe she'll deal with this in the next three. Maybe we'll see her confront herself on it. But I know you mean it was a bit shocking. But I think that's part of. I think that's to me was part of episode three's flaws. It yeah. did feel too truncated for me. It felt like we were going bam, bam, bam. bam I mean, we'll bam, see where it goes. It just felt odd to me <clears throat> to like try and make this character more sympathetic, and then and then. Oh, oh no! Yeah. She's evil. She bombed a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. You don't have to sympathize with them. So we'll see where that goes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why I was kind of. I was sort of sad that when Zemo was brought into it, it's almost like we fast forwarded through character development for him um, in a way that they could have got away with if it was like, this is just the sort of person he's become in the seven years he's been imprisoned. Which I think it, I think it kind of is in a way. It is, but, but it also was kind of just like, wait, what? Huh? Because when we first meet him in Civil War... We know that he he was like special ops. He's like, you know, master tactician. Mm. Um, you know, a uh, uh, brilliant combatant. Uh, 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 snipe with sniper and hand to hand combat and firearms. We don't see it in Civil War. It's the one scene that film's kind of missing. But we we learn in Civil War that um, that he impersonated Bucky at one of those scenes. Because we learned about the face mapping thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, But we never see it. All, all, all I ever wanted is in this hotel room, just one scene of him stuffing like a bunch of clay or whatever into a bag. Do you know what I mean? Like prosthesis or something. Yeah. Just like one little... Because it's a throwaway line of dialogue. And you're like, huh? Um, so we, you know, I felt like we needed to see that at least. But anyway, in the, so we knew that he was his family was Sokovian. Yeah. His family lived outside of Sokovia. And died in the collapse of Sokovia. Like they weren't on the island, on the the island as it were, that was tore out of the ground yeah. by Ultron. They were in the fallout. Um, he was away from home at the time. We know that his the last thing his wife ever said to him was in a voicemail, which he's refusing to delete because he just picks it up and listens to it from time to time. 
we know that um uh you know like he's a very tragic character in some yeah <sighs> and then in this it just sort of goes like oh by the way i was rich as shit and had um connections in crime city and also i'm kind of eccentric now now that felt like the fuck out of nowhere for someone who loves civil war it just comes the fuck out of nowhere but as far as like this this piece of tv goes daniel Bruhl was the best thing about this episode oh yeah he was yeah. so entertaining like he's still manipulative he's still not to be trusted He's clearly waiting for the ideal moment to fuck them over. But now he can also in, groove in, in on this, the dance floor. This, yeah, in this when he could escape, he doesn't. He sneaks off to shoot the rest of the bad guys. Yeah. And then he's like, right, come on, get in the car, let's go. And it's like, he's going he's gonna to fucking flip the script on them sometime soon. He's going to do it. But then we get those moments like, oh, so he's rich. Now he's wearing a pimp coat that sort of looks like it's kind of a Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo usually has like the fur kind of collar yeah. on his costume. So he's got a big furry collar on his coat. Yeah. Um, he obviously has an... He, he admires the theatrical, at least, because he seems to have a mask from his like special ops days. That's this, you know, It's the mask. It's yeah. the Zemo mask. Um, uh, although I noticed it's, it's more... It's more military. Like it looks like it's just a purple version of like what you'd get for someone who's got completely undercover. Yeah. There's there's no adornments or logos. There's or no tiara. There. There's no tiara. There's no leopard uh, leopard spots on the. And it's and it's not st- it's not permanently stuck to his face with ad- adhesive X. Yet. <laughs> um, I'm I'm totally waiting for him to have a gold handgun at some point. Or, or a gold revolver. It's just a matter of time, in it. Let's be honest. Just walking around with a rich man's gun. He's got a fucking Osborne Butler. Yep. As in that butler is old as shit. <laughs> yeah, you got Prince Philip as a butler. <laughs> um uh yeah, I mean that's the thing. I can I can forgive the character the 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 severe character swerve just basically off of the fact that he's really entertaining in it. And like you said, yeah. can bust a move. It's a terrible move, but his gusto made it gift worthy <laughs> immediately. I love I loved that. It's like that's why I kind of why I wish it was a two part. I would have loved to have seen like a fifteen minute sequence in Sharon Carter's club while they're waiting for it to give the sign that they're ready. Yeah, but for what it was worth, it was still a fun little montage of them all looking awkward as fuck. Except for Zemo, who's just going for it, probably because he's been locked in a cell for seven years, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I think that's I'm gonna groove. Why not?" I think that's kind of what you can put down the more is more eccentric behavior to the fact that he's just been in prison for seven years. Yeah, and uh, for seven, for five of those years, we don't know how alone he was. Yeah, probably only had a guard or two. Um, I like, I like uh, Madripoor. I just like that Madripoor. Yeah, it? it's just Madripoor. Fuck isn't it? me, it was Madripoor. Madripoor, we, baby. We went, and it's it's a little more a little flashier than its comic counterpart, but they do kind of make a point of there being high town and low town. Yeah. Like the bridge sort of separates a slummier, shittier area. There from is like essentially, essentially Dubai. Like one side is yeah. Dubai. I mean that that is that is kind of comics Madripoor though. Yeah, it's, oh, like, it's, it's the, the high roller area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I dug I dug the fuck out of that. And I mean the internet, of course, lost its shit immediately. Going oh, X Men theory. No, it's just a nod to a character, a location that's synonymous with Wolverine. It's not necessarily. The beginning of the piss off. Let these shows be what they are, and just appreciate that. Holy shit, we have a set piece in Madripoor. Yeah, like this is cool. 
Um, I can't remember the name of the bar now that they went to, the main place, but it is, it's one of the spots that Wolverine frequented uh, in the next patch, what's apparently. It called? <clears throat> that bar. <laughs> that, that one bar. That fucking bar. Yeah. That's what it's called. Whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, to meet Selby, who was a really nice addition. Thought she yeah, was really cool. Yeah, they were cool. Um, and, yeah, the, the way that they uh, played off Sam. Who was Sam disguised as? Because that was a character as well. Smiling Tiger. Smiling Tiger. Shit, there you go. Uh, tying back into his sister as well with the phone call. I hope we do get back to that properly. But that was great. I That entire sequence, the way that Bucky, for the first time... Since end since Endgame, uh, and for the first time since before that, with human human enemies, yeah, um, lost his shit. Oh and yeah, like oh, oh, you're still really violent. Oh yeah, you you really are restraining yourself, aren't you? Like oh my god, yeah. But it made me appreciate Endgame and Infinity War even more because that's him going. <sighs> no consequences. These things are just like teeth and arms. I'm just going to keep punching them. It's yeah. Like, sure. Go for it. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Sharon kicking ass. Uh, and then teasing that she's probably going to be back in the next couple of weeks. Oh, she yeah. Has, she actually answers to someone else. Um, But the nicest twist was at the end. Yeah. Because they arrived in Latvia and Bucky spots the Wakandan, uh, the beads. The, yeah. The, 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 the Oh, what are they called now? The thingy beads. I can't remember the called now. They have a name. They, have, a, they have a name, but they're yeah. they're beads. They're special beads. They're there, and uh, yeah, we're confronted by uh, Ao of the Dora Milaje, mm. um, who we have seen. She was in in Black Panther and in Infinity War. Um, she's so, she's the one who was sort of like um, Okoye's second in command. Yeah. So. This makes me happy because it means we're expanding our Black Panther cast properly and letting them flesh out a little. But also, holy shit, Matt, Wakanda's getting involved in the story. Yes. Holy shit, which makes sense. Because, of course, the dude who killed T'Chaka. And, you know, they've got a, vest, they've got a vested interest in... Um, in making sure that Bucky's, you know, stays on the straight and narrow because they deprogrammed him essentially. They de- they deprogrammed him. They know that Zemo's the one who actually blew up the United Nations thingy. Yeah. And Bucky's working with Zemo. Wakanda ain't gonna be happy about that. I I honestly, did you see it coming? Because I had no idea this was coming. No. And it was a really pleasant surprise. As soon as it happened, it was like. Of course. I mean, as soon as I saw of the bead, I was like, okay, who's it going to be? But it's going to yeah. be someone from Wakanda. Yeah. But like, just prior to that happening in the episode, I, I had yeah. no inclination. No, and, no, But then it all. made perfect sense. Like, it, it just was like, of course. Of, of fucking course, Wakanda are going to be like, hi, Bucky. You're right, White Wolf. Um, The fuck you doing? And who the fuck you doing it with? Yeah. <laughs> like, you broke him out, for fuck's sake. It does... It does kind of raise the uncomfortable question of whether they're going to address T'Challa. I guess that and is his, down and to, his sort of status, um, and you know the 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 sad passing of Dabrick <clears throat> Bozeman last year. I guess that's down to um, Kugler. I guess yeah. Kugler would have the say on what not what they're going to do with that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more phrasing of like he, you know, he is want he's wanted for crimes against the royal family of Wakanda. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 
you know, like, he killed our king, like, because all of that still, you know, you, I think you can do it without outwardly acknowledging T'Challa, but if they do acknowledge T'Challa, then it's world building, I guess. It's like, we know yeah. that at the time of this, T'Challa is still around in the MCU, and Black Panther 2, I guess, will be the first thing that goes, here's the status quo, like, here's yeah. where things are at now. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I just I just like the fact that we have a whole sandbox and they're going, yeah, we're going to use it. We're going to play in the whole thing. Yeah, like, it's silly not to. We're going to tell a self-contained story, but if that self-contained story has ramifications over here, then of course over here has got something to fucking say about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that makes sense. It's interconnected, which is neat. It just makes it feel more like a world. Speaking of a world, uh, yes. you saw a globe-trotting lizard punching monkey throttling movie this past week yeah so i um, uh, this weekend we, that travels um, around and indeed through the world indeed as as i know indeed uh, Th- this weekend we plumped up the rental cost for uh, godzilla <laughs> versus kong age of punching well um dawn of so much punch- Mon- monkey versus lizard um, how long does it run how long does it run is it a good two hours? Just over just two hours? Just under two hours. Just under two hours? It's so the it's, shortest uh, of the MonsterVerse films so far. Yeah, this is the fourth film in the series after yeah. Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and here we have Godzilla vs. Kong. Yep. Um, ah. No spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers, folks. We're no going spoilers. We'll a bit more next week. But, so, uh, I'll just talk about it briefly to say that you- I really liked all of the MonsterVerse films so far. And I also really like this one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you. We, we came away from King of the Monsters sort of split on I that. I really like King it. of the Monsters. And, I, uh, so and I, having rewatched it since, I still really like King of the Monsters. <laughs> I wasn't surprised to learn that you like this one too, to be uh, fair. I mean, it's, so... <laughs> yeah, King of the Monsters is thunderously stupid. And this is similarly thunderously stupid. Um, but doesn't sort of get bogged down in the human drama as much, which I think was what kind of killed King of the Monsters for some people. Um, it, it was my least favourite element of it. Yeah, there's less of that here. <clears throat> you do get a couple of returning characters, um, like Millie Bobby Brown and, and Kyle Chandler return as, as the Russells. Uh, and you get some new human characters. You get, uh, you get Alexander Skarsgård's in this, Rebecca Hall's in this. Um fucking who else is in this uh fucking uh, uh, uh julian uh billy humhey oh what's his name he's, he's in deadpool 2 and hunt for the world of people julian dennison oh yes yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, fire fist yeah <laughs> brian tyree henry um you know he got, he got he got decent um actors like doing stuff around the periphery but really it is just about big monsters and so, spectacle so it's been it's been 40 plus years since the events of kong skull island yes a film in which they establish he's not done growing yet no is 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 monkey boy as big as he needs to be to fight Godzilla now i believe the official in-universe measurements peg godzilla at 393 feet tall <laughs> and the fully grown Kong in this film at 363. So he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's reaching up. There. He's, he's a large there. boy. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the film does a really good job of uh, the the fluidity of the action scenes with the with the two monsters in particular is really stunning. Like they have choreographed I, these scenes. Oh, to a it's and the way the camera follows follows the action is really interesting as well. Like it, 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 it really uses the, uh, the fact that this is CG to sort of dump you into it as opposed to just watching two CG, uh, creatures sort of bash each other in a sort of static, uh, ways. Um, uh, I will say again, without spoilers, you, as uh, director Adam Wingard said, there is a definitive winner. Okay. Um, but there is more to it than just Godzilla, <clears throat> Godzilla and Kong throwing down. Without going into any spoilers at all, okay. does it fall into the versus trap of final act is them fighting something else? Or, or against another thing that's maybe oppressing them or whatever? It's not a trap. Okay. But it's possible okay. that there's something like that in there. Yeah. Something else at play. Okay. Okay. Um I will say uh, I will say yeah. this. Yeah. There is a uh let me not villainous, but certainly slightly dodgy corporation called Apex who specialize <laughs> Of course they're called Apex. Who specialize in cybernetics. Ooh. Oh, my follow-up question was going to be, is anything else from, like, the Toho canon introduced, like, King of the Monsters obviously went ham on it and was like, here's, like, six or seven ones you recognise, old school fans. Maybe. Mm, cybernetics, you say. Okay. Um, um, uh, do we get any more, do we get any more Skull Island-style creepy-crawly sort of additions? Because one thing that film did really well was introduce fucking creepy monsters into the canon do we get any like skull crawlers rocking up well but, but part of the the plot which i'm guessing but i'm guessing against kong now look like just like spiders well they must be that small compared to him now part of the <laughs> part of the plot is that um they want to use kong to lead them into the hollow earth Okay. So because they haven't really managed oh, to so get. Oh, they, so they've got. So they have gone all in on that. Um, they, that's oh yeah. Something they keep like, mentioning in all of the films in a way where you're like, is this going to pay off? Getting getting into the Hollow Earth, which is something that they've not managed as humans yet, because the the gravitational forces are so extreme that you'd be crushed into a ball as you would reach the interior. Um. So part of, part of that is 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 that is a major part of the plot, and so there is some exploration of very Skull Island esque biomes and some new creature designs that are not necessarily kaiju. So yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. So yeah. So Skull Skull Island is like an overspill of this extended monster friendly area, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, because they say in King of the Monsters, not like that's how Godzilla got gets from place to place so quick, is that he possibly uses this the Hollow Earth network of of yeah to get from place to place, or she rather. Um, okay, all right. I'm trying to think of any other questions that won't be too spoilery. Mm. Uh, uh, oh, 
Do okay. they leave? Do they leave it open for more? Yeah, absolutely. But does this work as a sort of? If this is the last one, sure, this is the last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because fucking hell, like the internet needs to shut the fuck up now with their restore the something verses. Oh god, it's just yeah. Ridiculous. You've seen it, I'm guessing. Restore I'm, the monster. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. It's like, what do you mean, restore the monster verse? I wouldn't. It's, it's still happening, right? It just a new one came out just because they've not told you if there's another one. Like, what the fuck? Just, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get another monster verse film. But because yeah. King of the Monsters didn't do that well. And this one, of course, is going to like all films coming out from Warner Brothers this year. It's going to take a financial in, hit. In a, no, in a normal year, this would have been a really, really poor performance. But it's at, it's actually had the best box office opening since the pandemic started. Yeah. So people people want to see big monsters it's, punching it's each doing, other. It's doing for all things considered, it's doing pretty well in cinemas, and also it's available on video on demand. So that's you know a revenue stream. Um. Yeah, but it's. I, I think it's great fun. This, Ultimately, it could just be making up for the loss of the last one, for example. Yeah. Warner Brothers might look at it as, well, we've made our profit overall. Let's call it there. I think these um, Monsterverse films have generally been a, re- a pretty successful run. I think this is great. It's very stupid. Like, it is, it is, it is got a plot where if you actually take a moment to think about it, it just falls apart completely. But ah. you're having so much fun with the monster fights that you don't really care. Like it is, it is a film that will pummel you into submission with the, the weight of its a- action and spectacle. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's really good. It's really fun. But, okay. In that case, please award it an arbitrary score based on how many fish you think it deserves sponsored by Nick Totopoulos from the 1998 movie Godzilla. That's a lot of fish. Oh, good. Okay, fair enough. Um, if folks want to hear some more, we'll go spoil. Yeah, we'll go spoil it next, next week because uh, it, it. If you get a chance to watch it, it'd be great. If not, I'll just tell you things about it, uh, oh, like baby. we did with the Snyder Cup. Um, oh, baby, which which we got a lot of attention last week. I think people were pleasantly surprised or completely dumbfounded by Shit, I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> and completely dumbfounded by my reaction to the Snyder Snyder cut so you know do him like do it like it does do it like a brother do it like do it, it does. like a dude what else can uh, people do Christopher get the fuck out of my kitchen <laughs> but if you do want to get in touch yeah um, <clears throat> slink out of the house uh, drop trow, open up your tablet, and just before you dollop it on the send button, <laughs> type in bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Send us any questions, queries, or reviews you have about the stuff we've been talking about this week. If you want to get in your review for Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four and have your thoughts read out next week, hurry the hell up. You can also tweet us at Big Damn Cast on the Twitter and catch Matt live every Friday from 7.30 on twitch.tv slash stream with adventures in backlogging. But until then, Matt, who would win out of a fight between Godzuki and Kong Jr.? Hmm. Scrappy dude. Let me at him! Let me at him! <laughs>